Hey, you. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. Today's guest, Melissa, uses her own healing journey from a traumatic upbringing and years of a dysfunctional relationship with food to help women reclaim their wild. Melissa does this by teaching women to remember who they are, what their dreams are, and by reigniting their voice and passion so that they can live unapologetically. Stay tuned to be empowered by Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Your whole mission is empowering women, but it has been a journey for you to get to this point. So why don't you tell us what it was like growing up for you? Ooh, (laughs) well, so I grew up, um, my father was an alcoholic. And so what that looked like was a lot of chaos in the household. And he was also a rageaholic. So he would come home and kind of it was anything goes. I never really, I had two brothers and so we didn't really know what to expect, but mostly he was angry. And so what that that could look like a myriad of different things that could look like him punching holes in the walls. That could look like him beating my brothers up. I mean, I know that's pretty intense stuff, but it was, it was pretty wild, like growing up in that and just kind of living in that constant state of fear and not really knowing like what's going to happen. And I remember literally like one, I was a young girl, but I remember like sleeping with a knife under my bed because I was so scared about like, who's he going to come home and hurt, you know? And I just remember hearing him open the door in the middle of the night and he would kind of like walk down the hallway and hit the walls because he was staggering drunk. And I just thought, oh no, who, you know, like what's going to happen? And so that just created a lot of stress on my system, a lot of chaos in the household. And I just felt like we were constantly in survival mode. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. how, so was that your, was, was that your entire childhood or what, what part of that was? Yeah, it's pretty much from when I was born until around, I mean, he moved out when I was 15, even though he probably should have moved out way before that. But him and my mother, they didn't have the funds to get divorced. And then he had, he, he would throw us out of the house regularly. And so we would go either around the corner to my aunt's house or we would go to my grandparents' house, uh, which was kind of our safe haven. My mom's parents, they they kind of raised me, thank God, because that's probably why, I, to this day, I say that's probably why I'm not on the street corner, you know, because of my grandparents. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was mostly all of my childhood. And I think as I started to become a teenager, that was when my mom and him started to kind of separate more and he spent less time at home. And we were, we started partying and me and my brothers had all of our friends over all the time. So we weren't as scared of him. Like he definitely would challenge my brothers, but they, they started getting bigger than him. You know, they were, they were both athletes and, and so they could challenge him back. So he started to step back a little bit. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much went on throughout my whole childhood into my, you know, young teen years for sure. And those are like your developmental years when you're like forming your sense of self. Totally. And I can't even tell you like what that did. Number one to my nervous system. My nervous system was like completely overloaded. And then just the things that I started to believe about myself, you know, and how that affected me growing up in my relationships with people in intimate relationships, my relationship with food, that was one of the biggest ones and my body too, you know, so that it kind of like, all of the stuff that I struggled with really, I believe stemmed from that experience with my family, you know? Yeah. 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 So how did you know that like your nervous system was overloaded? 
Well, I, I didn't know that obviously until I started to become an adult and started to do more healing in my life. But you know, when, when we have a lot of childhood trauma or, you know, when people grow up with a lot of childhood trauma, they end up having a lot of illness in their adult life. And so that's been my experience. And so I think that led me being sick all the time, led me to start to research more. And I learned a lot about the nervous system and how a lot of trauma as a child, consistent trauma can lead to a lot of adult illness. So I didn't obviously know it at the time, um, you know, growing up, but I did really learn that more in my adulthood. And now it's really about managing my nervous system and how I support myself in that way. So you had said that, you know, you developed this sort of like unhealthy relationship with food at yes. a young age. So how old do you think you were when that kind of started? I think so. You know, I was always addicted to candy <laughs> growing up. I <laughs> loved candy. And, you know, I, I had like even my secret stash in my bureau, in my top dresser drawer, it was like all candy. And I literally, me and my best friend, we would ride bikes to the pharmacy and we would steal candy until we got caught. We would steal candy bars <laughs> from the pharmacy because, and the craziest thing is, is my father worked for a vending machine company. So he had like access to candy all the time. And so like, I think it started before I was even aware of it. Candy was like the place that I got comfort and soothing. It was the one place that I felt like I could go to get that like safety, you know, yeah. and that and that drawer full of candy was like my safe haven. And then when my body started changing around the age of 11 or 12, that's when I started to obsess about food and started to get like, go into the kind of like, even at that young age dieting mindset, because I started to notice that my body was changing and I had so, so many limiting beliefs around my body being my value and my body being like my, my source of love in the world. You know, I grew up kind of witnessing that and seeing that with my brothers and my father, like always looking at women, making comments about women, looking at Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Magazine back in the day yeah. when it was like, yeah. you know, the, the annual event of the year. And so as, and then my mother also not really liking her body and always saying negative things about her body. And so like, I was taking all this in as a little kid and realized like, oh, if my body just looked a certain way, then I'll, then I'll feel happy. Then I'll be loved. Then people will accept me. Right. And so that kind of started at the age around 11, 12, that started my journey with food and my body. And it just went on for years after that. I think so often parents, people in general, don't recognize how powerful their words are on these little people that are around them. I know. And your image of what you're telling your daughters or your son or your nieces or whoever it is, yeah. I mean, those are these kids are sponges. They're taking in everything you say and they built their image off of what you've taught them, right? And I think a lot of times too, it's more than even your words. Like it's one thing if you're yes. not saying those things, but when they witness you saying those things to yourself, yes. you know, like in the mirror yeah. or like, you know, squeezing your belly fat or whatever it is, like they're noticing that. Yeah. I mean, as children, we, right, we are, we're very observant. We're kind of taking everything in. We're, we're making decisions without even knowing it, you know, and that's where yeah. a lot of my clients today, like come from. There, these limiting beliefs about themselves. I work with women who struggle with yo-yo dieting and body image and all that. And they, they, it, it all usually leads back to a moment or a decision they made about themselves at a really young age. Maybe some kid said, oh, you have fat, like trunk, tree trunk legs, or their best friend said, you have thunder thighs. I mean, those mm -hmm. are both true things that clients have told me. 
And from that day forward, they made a decision like my body's not okay. I'm not okay. And so yeah. the thing that we're taught is change your food, work out more. Right. And that's kind of right. the diet culture mindset that, that we get stuck in and we get mm -hmm. caught up in. Yeah. And crazy that you kind of started going through this at 11 or 12 years old. Like oh my that is such a young age to begin this. Your body's it still is. developing. Right. I know. I know. And it's, that's the age when it starts to change. Right. And, and yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not anywhere near what it's going to be. <laughs> right. Yes. And I think, yeah. I think for me, it was like, I, I just wanted to stay skinny and stick thin and I was an athlete. And so I just wanted to stay a certain way, but I also knew that I would never look like a supermodel. You know, I would never have like the butt or the boobs or whatever, whatever I was seeing right. that I was thinking like, I need to look like this. And I think that's part of also the media, like the media sells us something that's not real. And that's another thing growing up. Not only do we see it from our parents, but we get modeled it from our society, you know, and our culture. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, it's a, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So you're at this like 11, 12 years old. You start yeah. like kind of like looking at your body, recognizing the differences and this yo-yo dieting pattern. How long did that go on for? Over 30 years, for sure. Over 30 oh years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in, I'm in my early 50s now. And so, you know, it, it wasn't until I was probably about 40 that I came through the other side, like my, my early, early 40s. It's been about 10 years now that I could say I'm finally healed and I'm over that body image stuff. I'm over the food stuff. And it really didn't have anything to do with those two things. It had to do with my how I felt about myself, you know. And yeah, so right. it, it went on for a lot of years and it, and it took many different forms. And, um, you know, it, it looked like over exercising, emotional eating, binge eating, yo-yo dieting, constantly controlling my environment, controlling my food. So it looked a lot of different ways, but it was all basically the same thing. You know, I mean, I would yeah. carry salad dressing in a restaurant to make sure that I was eating the fat free dressing, you know, like crazy stuff like that yeah. to try to control everything. Yeah. And yeah, like extreme measures like that. Extreme. Yes. So then yeah. what what changed when um, you were in your early 40s that made you say, okay, I'm done feeling like this? So it was a it was a long process. And I've always been someone I mean, when I was 19, I picked up my first Wayne Dyer book. And I was always someone that was into personal growth and self help. But I also was approaching it from like a place of being broken, like feeling like, gosh, I just want to feel fixed. I want, I, like, I'm tired of feeling broken. I'm tired of feeling sad. I'm tired of feeling unlovable. And so I started kind of my own journey in, in spiritual growth and, and kind of self-development. And, and that went on for years of like me reading all the books, Wayne Dyer, Conversations with God, you know, all the books. Yeah, Tolle. yeah. And, you know, when I moved to California, I grew up in New Jersey. And when I moved to California in the nineties, I started getting really involved in yoga and I did my yoga teacher training and that kind of opened my world up even more. Mm -hmm. uh, I got really involved in, um, you know, eating really healthy food, cooking vegan. I became a vegan. I learned a lot about raw foodism from my yoga teacher. And so a lot of those things started to really open my eyes. And but I still was constantly struggling because I didn't like myself. That was the bottom line. Like, I just didn't yeah. like myself. Yeah. And I was like, you know, in relationships that were 
unhealthy, one was abusive. And so there were like, I was making a lot of choices that even though I thought I knew better, I was still making choices that were harmful, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that went on for years. And I, and I have to say the biggest breaking point for me was um, one night I had a big binge and I woke up the next morning, totally full of self-loathing. And I just thought I can't live this way anymore. Like I was crying. I called one of my best friends and I was like bawling to her on the phone and she yeah. was so loving and beautiful, but she gave me like a really nice kick in the butt of some tough love that yeah. I really needed. You know, I needed to hear it because that was when I, I ended up getting help and I, and I ended up enrolling in a program in spiritual psychology. And I also hired a coach to, to work with me on these very specific things that I was facing. Wow. And that's like a huge step. Like that's the step. Huge. You, yes. You yes. know, you're, you're in the right direction when you make that final decision, right? That, yes. that you, you've got to grow in whatever way. So you enrolled in the spiritual psychology. That was like a college, like, right. You went university of Santa Monica. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yes. So yes, I went back to school and I, and I had many friends that had gone through the program and they told me how life changing it was and how much it healed a lot of their childhood stuff. They do a full year where they focus on inner child work, where literally each month of the year you go through a phase of your childhood and you go back and you heal a lot of the stuff that happened like zero to three, you know, and wow, yeah. a lot of people don't remember, but it's kind of a feeling. And so we did tons of that work and I really learned how to basically reparent myself. I know that sounds kind of cliche. Mm -hmm. It's like out there in the world today, but like I had to really learn how to reparent myself and how to give myself love and compassion because so many of the things that I was struggling with weren't really coming from my adult self. They were coming from my wounded inner child, you know? Right. And so I had to, I had to like learn how to reparent myself and give myself what I needed that I didn't get back then, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. It, it was really, really good. It was yeah. really cool. I mean, it was a powerful process. And I was at the point in my life where I knew like, I've done all the things I've gone to therapy. I've done all the books. I've like done it all and I'm tired yeah. and I just want to feel better. And another big breakthrough I had was one of the, one of the coaches inside the program said to me, like, who would you be if you gave up, gave up being a self-improvement project? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I need to be a self like I, and she said, but yeah, you're coming at it from a place of brokenness versus like, I just want to learn and heal and grow versus fix myself. That was huge sure. for me because I felt like mm -hmm. I was constantly trying to fix myself, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. And and like learning to love who you are today, but yes. continue to grow because we all have to continue to grow. Like that's from a totally different mindset than it yeah. is like saying like, I, somebody needs to like fix this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had this belief that, it was funny because like I got I had I had been in like relationship after I was like the serial monogamist, you know, <laughs> and then I, I was in this one relationship and I thought to myself, I haven't been single since I was like 17. And I was like, I'm going to take some time to myself. Right. And so I, I was alone for like seven years. And in that time, I had done a bunch of work on myself, but it was also yeah from the place of like brokenness again. And I thought I have to fix myself before I can be in a healthy relationship. And, 
you know, that mindset wasn't the right mindset to approach because actually when I came out of that seven year kind of self-help period and was alone, I actually entered into the worst relationship of my life. And it was, it was very, it was very much like my father, you know, it was very abusive, yeah. alcoholic, like, and it was all stuff I knew, like I thought I knew better, but on some bigger level, it's like, I almost had to experience it to understand it and go through it so that I could really heal on a deeper level. I know that sounds weird, but no, no, but it, it makes totally so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Tara and I are like hands down, like, no, sister. Like, yeah. You have to learn that. It's yeah. okay. That was, yeah. You had to learn that lesson. Yeah. Uh, so crazy. Uh, and so now, like, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. So uh, since 2007, I've had my business. And so I've had my business for about 13 years. I started out as a private chef and nutritionist in my business. And then it kind of over the years transformed into working with women, empowering them with the with, you know, their bodies and food. And so that's really what I've been doing over the last probably six, five or six years, you know, since I came out the other side, I thought, gosh, I can really help women on a deeper level. And, you know, it's really about helping empower women to, to just get reconnected to their truth and what really matters. Because I feel like so many of us are just kind of like walking through life, just busy and overwhelmed. And like, what am I doing? You know, and we, we start to lose that connection to ourselves and our dreams and our voice. And then, and then one day, especially a lot of moms, right? They have kids and then the kids go away and it's like, who am I? What, what happened to my life? Where did I go? You know? Yeah. And so I'm really working with women to help them reconnect to that place and reconnect to their dreams and their desires and navigating kind of those belief systems that we picked up somewhere along the way that are showing up in our lives today, but we don't know how to overcome them. You know, they show up in the form of sabotage or self-loathing or criticism. And, you know, so I'm really helping women navigate that terrain and, and turn it around for themselves so that they can live their most fulfilled life, you know? And, and yeah. the food is just a symptom of that, really. I mean, for me, it, it was, and it's, it's never really about the food. And that's what I've discovered through my own journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love, like, we love that you've come out of it on the other side. And now you're like, oh my gosh, like, I've figured it out. Like, I need to give this gift to other people. And totally. that yeah. is so admirable that Thank that's you. where you went with it. It's so admirable. Um, so in, in terms of like coaching these women, yes. how, what, what does that look like? What does a coaching session even look like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I, when I work with women, when I bring a new client on, I, you know, I require a four month commitment because the work that we're doing goes deep and I really want to build a trusting relationship with my clients. I work very closely with them and I offer support in between the sessions so that we're connected the whole time. And each, you know, every person's different that comes in. And so each session is really tailored to the client. You know, I have some clients that come in and they're like, let's dive in and do the inner child work. And then I have other clients that come in and they're like, well, I'm not really sure about my emotions. I'm not, I just know that something's off in my life. And so we'll talk about lifestyle and, and time management and kind of more practical things until we can kind of get down through the layers, you know, and that just takes time. And most women who work with me are really willing to go there. They know that they can't do the quick fix thing anymore. They can't look outside of themselves anymore. They've done all the diets, they've done all the things. And right. so it's, it's, you know, it's really about supporting them in like what goes on up here, what goes on in here, you know, head and heart. 
and and really understanding how to transform what they believe about themselves and how they show up in their lives. And a lot of times that's like learning how to set boundaries, you know, learning how to take mm -hmm. care of themselves yeah. and, and, and honor themselves and respect themselves, you know, because a lot of us don't respect ourselves. And, and then we're just, I want to be healthy. I want to work out, but then we're doing all these things to, to not do that. Right. We're, we're sabotaging our efforts. Yeah. And so I look a lot at self-sabotage too. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. absolutely. And it's, it's some of these things, like, I love it too, because there's such a stigma associated with all of this still, you know, that I like, know. I know uh, this whole self-loathing, self-sabotage. And it's kind of like, but wait a minute, you're like an adult, just like, do it, do it, do it. You can make it happen. Right. And you're supposed to just keep pushing through. Like, that's what, you know, society tells us. I know. The reality is though, like as humans, no, none of that is right. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not supportive. Need, no. Right. I mean, we, we all individually really truly do need to do what's best for our own bodies. And sometimes that's truly just like diving in and listening to yourself and loving yourself. That is like the biggest piece. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. And that's, that's so hard for even some women to fathom. Like I can't even fathom loving myself, you know? And, yeah. and I, I think that on some level we all get, like we intellectually understand what loving ourselves means, but it's like embodying it is a completely different story, right? Like how do we really embody that love for ourselves and really feel it on a deep level, you know? Well, absolutely. And like Kim and I have talked about before where you think that you are doing those things and you don't even yes. realize until you start to do some work that you we're not really are not. doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's crazy. Yeah. It's such a journey. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and like, that's another piece of it. Like the, it's a, it's a never ending journey, you that's know, right. like that's right. It, you will have to consistently work at it, but I mean, you're the only thing your worth is what matters, you know, and anything that you can do to make that better, to continue to grow and evolve and make yourself better I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, know right? like, I know. And I, you know, I tell women all the time, like when, when, cause I come across women all the time who are scared to invest in themselves, right? They've been giving to everybody else They're, oh my God, I can't do that. Cause they, they don't believe they're worth it, you know? Yeah. And for me, I put that right into my, but it's like a car payment every month. It's like, I put it right into my spending plan hands down, my coaching goes in there every month. It's like a non-negotiable. It's like if I yeah. paid, paid rent or had a car payment, it is non-negotiable because I know as a human being, I'm going to be growing and transforming and changing. And then with whatever's happening in the world and in life, I need support through that. You know, like yeah. going through these yeah. things alone is hard, mm -hmm. you know, yes. not having support, not understanding ourselves and why we think the way we do or why we have the relationships we do. We all need help through that stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. like now, now we're kind of breaking that stigma on, you know, therapy and whatnot. But like, I yeah. think, I think there's even like coaching, I think is almost even a different realm in and of itself too. You know, sure. like a lot of therapy oftentimes like, yes, it's working through trauma. Yes. It's working through mental health issues and, yeah. and working through some of the same things you're going to do in coaching. But I think in coaching, you get a little bit more of that personal relationship Agreed. That's going to help guide you through it mm -hmm. the entire time. Yes. Yeah. There's not as many rules in place with coaching as there is with therapy. Um, that's why I do offer the in-between support. And I feel like it's so valuable that my clients who use it have so much like deeper transformation because they're really relying on me and leaning on me 
to guide them, you know, and then I want to empower them to learn how to trust themselves and guide themselves. That's ultimately the goal, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's struggling with maybe like a dysfunctional relationship with food in general? Um, again, I, I'm a big believer and because I tried to do it alone for so many years is like get support, talk to someone about it. Because what I found is that a lot of women who struggle with these kind of this weird relationship with their food, it's very silent. Like they don't tell anyone it's very hidden and it's something that they feel ashamed about. And so find one person that you trust to tell right? Like just out yourself. That's, that's yeah. a start because once you do that, it starts to set you free. You know, and when I was able to out myself and tell my friend, this is what I'm really struggling with. It, it really changed things for me, you know? So being able to out yourself, that's that to me, that's like one of the most important steps to move toward that deeper healing, you know? That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. What, what have you learned about yourself going through this entire process? Oh my gosh, so much. How do I narrow it down? So what I've learned about myself is I'm very resilient. <laughs> I'm very motivated. It's important for me to basically teach what I've learned because I want women to feel the same liberation and freedom that I do. And um, it, that's innate in me. Like I've learned that I can't not serve <laughs> you know, yeah. and, yeah. and I think that I resisted it for a long time, or I was scared because I didn't know what it would look like. And as I, you know, as I became an entrepreneur and started my business, I started to build that confidence. And so, um, you know, I had to really learn a lot of that. And, uh, but, but I know that I am someone who I can be relied on and that I, you know, really help people and shop for them. And, and I, and I care, you know, I really care. And so I've learned a lot about that through that journey. Absolutely. That's such a great Again, question. What do you think has been the hardest part about your journey? I think it's like two sides of the same coin, right? It's like learning to love myself and really accept myself warts and all, right? Because yeah. I grew up, I think because of what I went through, I grew up with a very perfectionistic mindset because that was kind of my protection, you know, and I had to really learn how to be vulnerable and kind of let down my guard and to really accept myself, like all parts of myself. I was so scared of my darkness, you know? And when I was able to really turn toward the darkness and look at those things and accept them and go, God, it's not that bad, you know? That that yeah. really changed things for me. And, um, but it, it wasn't easy, you know? I mean, no, that stuff, yeah. it's, it's hard to look at these parts of yourself that you're trying to hide and, or that I was trying to hide and, you know, and once I was able to look at it again, it was another part of that liberation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. What do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners? Oh gosh. I, I love these questions. You girls are so good. Um, <laughs> that, that really, that the women listening can believe that they're worthy of getting what they need and asking for what they need. And that, there's so much more to them than just their struggles with food or their body or, you know, that there's so much richness and, and just depth to who they are and that they can start to move toward uncovering that and getting the support for that. So 
I just want women to see all their own greatness because I think women are so powerful and especially when we come together, it's like there's so much magic. And oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are going to heal the world. We um, are. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. So I could go on and on about that, but that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Melissa, I don't even know. You are such a ray of light oh, and we you. love the work that you are doing. But before you go, we just have these super fun pop questions. We're going to go ahead and ask Great. you. If you could have an endless supply of anything, what would it be? Massages. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one for sure. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what would your power be? I think it would really be like what we were just saying, helping women see the, see their own power, you know, yeah. like if I could just go zing and zap so that they go, Oh, oh my God, I'm so great. And I'm, you know, that would be, that would be my it. superpower. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, what is your most used emoji? The heart, the red heart. Aww. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah. yeah. What is your stance on pineapple on pizza? Oh no. Yeah. I'm Italian. I'm Italian and I grew up in New Jersey and like I don't think pineapple on pizza existed there. So no pineapple because the only reason I say this because it normally comes with ham and I'm just no, no. No, yeah, no. the whole thing, no. I know no. we we completely agree. That's such a great question. And pineapple and, and tomato sauce do not go together. No, not at all. No, not no. at all. We completely agree. Um, are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning for sure. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Us too. All the way. Yeah. All the way. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. It's been so great talking to you. We absolutely love how empowering you are. Thank you so much for being unapologetically you. Oh, thanks for having me. This was so wonderful. I have chills right now. <laughs> We're so happy you joined us, and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.